This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. How many people that are listening today know that it's Constitution Day? And it's one of the biggest days that we have in our country. And DAR, uh, the Daughters of the American Revolution, you guys fill a void that nobody else seems to fill. And you, uh, the history of our country really means a lot to you guys. And uh, Lila got here first, Andrea. So, uh, of Beasley. Yes. And uh, Andrea, I know that coffee comes from Kathy. It has to. Kelsey. Oh, you even changed that. Bless your heart. <laughs> why, why did you not like our Irish name? See, my, my mother was a Kathy. Calfee came from England, we found out. And Calfee can also be Caliph. Oh. The two names are interchangeable way back. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the, the name that maybe it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people do see the name printed and will say, hello, Mrs. Caffey, you know, just because oh. they, don't, they don't know to say the L. But the, um, uh, yep, so it was Caliph or Calfee, and maybe Calfee with only one E. But they were English, we have found, um, and came here a um, couple of different ways. And one, my husband's family ended up in Virginia, um, and a lot of the Calfees came to Tennessee, where there are more Calfees than any uh, other place. Um, so they, they're down in Cleveland, Tennessee. There are Calfees there. And there's a state representative, Kent Calfee, and he is from Kingston, Tennessee. And um, so we haven't figured out the relationship yet. But there's Uncle Fred in, in uh, uh, Cleveland, and John goes, to, we go visit him. And um, so that's, you know, they have family reunion down in Cleveland, Tennessee. So all the bright counties came to Tennessee, is that correct? Um, I think they might have been among the first families um, of Tennessee, but that's not, we're pretty bright because we went up to, uh, John's people went up from Virginia, his grandfather after the Civil War, where his father and his father's brothers, and there were a large number, seven or eight, were fought for the Confederacy, and they kind of were land poor. And John's grandfather was born in 1876, and after uh, 
graduated from college early. He went to Washington and worked there and went to law school at night. And then he had a choice of, uh, he had two contacts, one in Pittsburgh and one in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Robert Martin Calfee. And with his law degree, he chose Cleveland. So he got up there in about 1903. He started a small law practice, and that law firm is still in Ohio, um, I think in Washington too, but um, they have offices uh, in Cleveland, uh, Columbus, and Cincinnati, and it's a pretty big law firm, and they've had prominent people work there, so it's kind of kind of goes that way too. But we're all kind of away from Cleveland now, uh, Cleveland, yeah. Ohio now, yeah. mostly. So. We're a long way from that. Yeah, we That's are. Yankee territory. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> now, but, but, the Constitution yes. is the greatest document in the history of the world as far as I'm concerned. Okay. And it, it, it worries me what I've been seeing in this country. All the, it's almost like they're trying to have a revolution that... Uh, takes away all of our history i mean we're we're looking at the statues and all the other things that are a major part of our history and now it's my understanding they're trying to attack the constitution and people in this country i don't understand why they're not not waking up earlier than what they have been because uh it, it seems like nobody's interested in in the history of the greatest country in the world. It, it just seems like that they they want to take it away and make us a third world country. And it it's really is a scary thought it's that's a scary going thing. on. I do think there is a reawakening on the I'm horizon. I, I really do. Um, everybody I talk to, and, you know, with this being right at hand, this yeah. week being Constitution Week, and I've talked to several people, of course, in the South, there's more, Yeah, you know, loyalists to, right. to the United States. But I just think there is an awakening, and I, I think we may see what I would like to recall, call a revival. We need mm-hmm. a revival yeah. in this country, and I think we may see it. I can pray for that. There's, um, there is an erosion that's going on, oh, yes. and thank goodness we have groups like DAR mm-hmm. that constantly reaches out and, and shows us some of the era that we're going through right now that right. Uh, could absolutely change not only the history but our whole country itself. Um, I'd like to give a little plug, if I could. This Saturday, uh, the 19th, at 2, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. our chapter, the Colonel Hardy Murphy chapter, is hosting mm-hmm. a, a Constitution celebration on the courthouse lawn on the square. Mm-hmm. And the public is invited. We would love for everybody who is interested to come, bring their friends. Everyone will be given a copy mm-hmm. of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They're united in this booklet. Mm-hmm. And we will celebrate and talk about some of the things that um, make this country great mm-hmm. and do a sort of an overview of the Constitution. We're not going to read it mm-hmm. intact. We're going to do an overview and, and just celebrate our nation and what the Constitution means. So I hope that we can do... Are you going to uh, recite the preamble? We are, okay. in unison. Oh, Everyone good. that's there. 
In fact, we may try to do that here in a minute, thanks, Don. We all had to do that when we were in grade school. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, when you're in grade school, you, you, you are, you're more wanting to be able to recite it properly and, and, and not leave out any words to, rather than understand what, what it really means. Well, we're going to talk about what it really means yeah. Saturday, so I hope everybody will Now, come. what time? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. It will be after uh, the farmer's market has cleared away, mm-hmm. and so the square will be ours. Well, yeah. not ours, but we'll have access to that, so there should be good parking. and There should whatever. be a lot of people showing up. Well, I hope so. It's supposed to be good weather, too. Yes. I've heard. Yes, it is. Are, are we still teaching that in school? See, well, there are so many things that have been taken out of the education process that I can't keep up with what is still there and what's, what has been taken that's away. That's a great question because it is federally mandated that yeah. the Constitution be taught all the way through school. Yeah. All the way through school. Um, and we, as a chapter, have always provided materials, extra materials. I'm uh-huh. sure there's things in the curriculum, but extra materials to the schools here in Rutherford County, Murfreesboro City, private schools, home schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have materials available, and we have sent those to the. We can't get in the schools this yeah. year. We usually deliver things right. to the schools, and we can't actually go in. But we've made that available to the central office, too. What about you guys teaching uh, in the classroom? Have you ever been asked to here in in our community? I uh, volunteered at Hobgood several times on different occasions. I'm not sure I did Constitution Week, but um, my husband and I uh, were there for Veterans Day with Mm -hmm. with the sixth grade class, the older kids. Yeah. And... um, that was great. The kids loved it. You know, they like a little special time. Um, we did, Colonel Hardy Murphy Chapter did deliver, I don't know how many cartons, um, 18, 19 cartons filled with books uh, several weeks ago to Hobgood School. We arranged to, to get the books, which were the chapter's gift to the children for a book giveaway. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the principal, Principal Bell, met us and we were all wearing our face masks and then we took the books into the gym and um, left the cartons there and then they're going to the teachers will take care of delivering the books to the grades as they've been divided up and and that should be helpful um, so that was our one chance but the schools are basically locked down I mean, you. But I'm, I'm but talking about in when, when it's in under normal circumstances. Yeah, under normal, which yes. I hope happens soon. <laughs> Thinking of my grandchildren in grade school now, I mean, it's not a great, you know, not the situation isn't very good. We have had uh, members to go into the classrooms. In fact, last year when I was delivering, and I won't mention one particular school, but one principal said, "Please, will you come?" And talk to some of the classes. Yeah. You know, when they're in the library or maybe you can, you know, do a joint thing um, to help them out. Because they really, the teachers want help with this. A lot of them maybe are not as versed in the Constitution. Yeah. Of course, they can teach the curriculum that's given them, but that's just rotely reading things, you know. Do you think that would be part of the history lesson? I, I well, presume I they're still it teaching is. it. I think yes. But it seems like the his, our history that's taught to the kids is not what we were taught. 
when we were in school, and it seems like they've gotten away from the things that really matter. I mean, uh, I know that you guys uh, have, have heard Red Skelton oh, yeah. do the pledge. Yes. Right. Oh, it's just, it's so inspiring. I, I, I don't know why it just hit me to have one of you in a classroom and then have a... Uh, a uh, someone who had been in the military and fought for us, and and um, have them be part of it, and and then he could say, now, this this particular lady from DAR is going to tell you why we were out there, and then you can get into the part that really means something for our country, and it, it I think some of this that we're seeing in the streets is. Simply because, I mean, of course, the national media, they're, oh, yeah. they're oh, not yeah. it. They're, they're like the KGB or whoever. I just absolutely can't stand to listen to them. But when you're not taught the things that really matter as what the makeup of our country was and what the history, the history hasn't always been perfect, but it's still part of the building blocks of what we are today. I think that's interesting. You mentioned Red Skelton and his rendition uh, because at the end of that, you will remember, he said, because when he did it originally, there were 48 states. And it said that in what he was saying, what he learned in school. And he explained that uh, two states had been added Mm -hmm. and two words under God. Mm -hmm. And he says, if you remember, wouldn't it be a shame if someone thought that was a prayer and removed those two words? from, the, from um, the pledge and um, at our flag day at mm-hmm. our chapter flag day celebration um, we actually watched that video and then during the child my daughter does the children's sermon uh, at our little church and on that Sunday close to July the 4th she actually played that of course none of those children had some of the parents in the church had never heard of Red Skelton, Red Skelton. they didn't yeah. know who it was but there were tears yeah. in the sanctuary that day hearing that so it's very meaningful you mentioned the media and I'd like to say this about the Constitution I, I don't know how they pulled it off but at the Constitutional Convention the delegates decided early on that it had to be in secret. No one could know outside of those delegates what was being discussed. They cl- it was in the summer in Philadelphia. It was hot. They all had on wool suits. They were miserable. They closed the curtains, closed the windows, never even opened the window for a draft, did not let anyone in. They swore to secrecy themselves. Mm-hmm. And they did that in secret. And look what a marvelous document yeah. they came. Now, can you imagine that happening today? No, no, I can't. It, 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 there's nothing today that it even connects with with what's happened in our history. I mean, it really isn't. And I, I, I am so disgusted with the people that have taken to the streets and trying to separate us all in different categories and everything like that. All it is is a power movement. We all know that. It's not just people out protesting. And and you you can take all these things that have happened with the police. Every one of these people that they're making heroes now, they are criminals. Every ding-dong one of them are. And they're trying to brainwash the entire country into 
following their lead. And, and surely I, we're smarter than that. I really believe, Truman, these people that are doing all this destruction are miserable inside. They're making everybody else miserable Well, they are, inside. but I think they themselves are miserable, and I think there will be an awakening. They're, they're miserable outside, I can tell you that, well, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, am I supposed to say these things in front of D.A.R.? I know you guys are. You, hey, we have you freedom have to, of speech. You have we're we're a political and uh, nonpartisan. I guess the word is. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we would probably tear each other up if we <laughs> if we identified ourselves one way or the other. Um, but yeah, it's. I I think our president general currently um, she's she's quite a lady, and they had their first virtual continental congress in june and continental congress is the annual meeting of the organization and it has even you guys had to do virtual yes Mm -hmm. and continental congress is where each state region reports on the activities in the state and it's very in a way it's very cut and dried because you have numbers of how many veterans day events did you have how many chapters participated in constitution all this is assembled in a report the report is given to Congress. Mm-hmm. So this is why it has to take place. And so it did virtually. And the decision was made not far in advance. You know, it's like in May, I think, when they finally decided they dropped that you know, shoe and said, we're going to go virtual. They did a wonderful job. I mean, more people got to watch Continental Congress, you know, because usually it's the few thousand or however many come to the event in Constitution Hall, which is owned by the DAR and built by the DAR women. Um, so that that was different, but they, she did a good job. And she is a public relations expert. She was, um, her name is Denise Doring Van Buren, and she uh, just recently retired of 25-year career public relations uh, vice president for the Central Hudson Gas and Electric Company, the wow. public utility up in uh, north of uh, where I grew up in, in New York. And um, so uh, that's her job. And she has a couple of sons. Uh, she has three boys, and two of them were West Point uh, graduates. And one of them actually was in Afghanistan not too long ago. But I'm, I'm putting in a plug for her because she she made the she made lemonade out of lemons that were given to her. Um, yeah. This is her first full year uh, as president general, and um, so I think she did a good job. And, and DAR, you know, is not going to let this let this uh, virus stop us. But what I was afraid of watching in June was the fact that the riots were taking place right across in, in Washington D.C. They were taking place across Pennsylvania Avenue in the park, Lafayette Park, mm-hmm. that's across from the White House. And that area is considered the president's park yeah. because it goes down, it extends behind the White House uh, on the opposite side from Pennsylvania it's Avenue. A beautiful walk down through there. Well, that's it. And here were people spray painting statues. The, the interesting thing about this park is they call it Lafayette Park. Lafayette is just one of the, stu- the sculptures that's there. The others are of the foreign um, military uh, experts who, who rendered service in the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. So you've got Kosciuszko, General Kosciuszko, he was from Poland. Mm-hmm. And then you had von Steuben from Germany or from Prussia. And then uh, von Roche uh, or uh, La Rochambeau, 
the Frenchmen um, also with Lafayette, who came and, and were, they were very important. They were key to winning the American Revolution, yeah. these men. And in the center of this park is the equestrian statue of Andrew Jackson. So that was being, you know, torn. They tried to pull it down. And then they, uh, the uh, firebombing almost of, of the Episcopal Church there. It's called the President's Church. So the whole thing was a big mess, and they yeah. yelled at the president for going out and, you know, kind of, you know, being part of the protest, I guess. I don't know. It was – so I kept thinking all they need to do is go around the corner and a couple of blocks, and they're at DAR. We have sculpture that's outside, too, yeah. of, of the founder's sculpture. It's a, it's a female figure by Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, famous woman sculptor from New York, and she was a member of the DAR. So, I mean, it was like, are they going to go harm harm that? So We've got a caller on the line. Oh, so okay. this ought to be interesting. Caller, welcome aboard with the DAR. Good morning, Truman. I want to say one thing. I really appreciate you expressing your views towards what's going on in our country. I had eight uncles serve in the military. I served in the military myself. I was lucky. I was in the military. I went in 1954 and got out in 1957. There was no war going on. But what Midway Diner is, I don't know where you know that is on 231. Do you know where that is, Truman? I do. I, do. I had I two do. uncles. I had two uncles running the garage here in that shop for years. One of them, John Cabot Helton, actually owned it. He was captured in the Battle of the Bulls, become a German prisoner. Haggard Helton. Yeah. Haggard Helton. Uh, the normal invasion was the 6th of June of 44. Haggard went in the 9th of June of 44, and he lost a leg the 16th day of June of 44. Yeah. He laid in a ditch to dark. They stopped blood on him. They stopped him from bleeding, of course, and he laid in a ditch to after dark. The combat was so intense. It just makes me sick to see what's going on in our country. I was yeah. lucky. I went to the Army during, during the wars. I, was, I went in in 54, got in 57. I stayed two and a half years in Germany during the Cold War days. But it just makes me sick. There is 10, I noticed 10 people were killed in Chicago this weekend, this past weekend, and I was several wounded. Yeah. I was, my wife and I were going to Mont Eagle Sunday, and we actually seen the starting of the killing at Beach Grove there. I, we didn't realize what was going on. There was two cars in the medium there, and one guy was holding his hands up, waving. I wish now to stop and done something. But I, I don't know what I would have done. But that's the yeah. guy that actually got killed later on that day. Yeah. But I want to tell you what. We've had a black president. You may have a black vice president. I don't know. I'm not voting that direction. But I don't understand the black people in this country. If I'm right, and, I, and, and what I know is the African tribes raided one tribe, and they captured them. And if they couldn't sell them to a slave trader, they killed them. I'm not. Free. I'm, I'm sure my poor family never owned a slave, no doubt. Slavery ended in 1865. There's nobody, no slaves in this country today other than, I think, slave trading with females going on, which is outrageous. But nobody in this, since 1865, owned a slave or, or been a slave. But if they had not been slaves, they would not be living in this country. They better be so thankful that their ancestors were slaves, because more than likely they wouldn't even be living, because those tribes that captured their ancestors would have killed them if they couldn't have sold them. But I'm going to tell you, I, I, I went to school, I, I did not go and mix school, but I served in the military with black and got along well with them. I worked at 
uh, factory 35 years and got along well with them. There's plenty of good black people, but there's a lot of people that is on the wrong side of the law right, going on right now. They burn in our cities down. I, I, I'm sure there's a few people killed by police. I'm sure there's whites, blacks, Hispanics, and everything that should not have been killed. But I would say this. If I'm driving down the road and a policeman stopped me and I put my hand on the steering wheel and he, I did exactly what he told me, I don't matter what color I would be, I'll guarantee you he wouldn't bother me, he or she. I have great respect for the policemen, the armed forces of this country, and anybody that wants to defund a policeman, they got they to be mentally challenged. Uh, we've got a lot more I could say. Uh, I hope I haven't offended anybody in this country. But if I called every veteran that's listening to this today to not turn a ball game on or not go to one, because it makes me sick. After, like I told you, I had eight uncles serving the military, and four of them actually was in combat all the eight. And I served in the military, but I was not in combat. But it makes me sick to see the guys get on their knees. And they set examples for young kids... And, and that, that's, that will be growing up in later years. They set a bad example for them. But if you can't stand up for this flag in this country, yeah. you need to leave this country. I really appreciate you, Truman. Uh, I've you never talked calling. to you personally but one time. That. But I'd like to hear some comments. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank we're we're going to have to uh, go take a break, but, you know, that, that that's one of the ways that they try to weaken our country it, it starts putting everybody in certain ca- categories, ethnic, uh, w- whether it's male, female, or all these things. That's, that's that's one of the erosion things that we've got going on right now. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back uh, with my favorite organization in the world. <laughs> that's nice. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer, host of the Truman Show live broadcast. Food is ready-made. It's hard work, but you got to enjoy the people, and you just have to enjoy what you do. If those two things come into play, then it's not that hard, I don't think. Open Monday through Saturday at 6.30 for breakfast and lunch, Thursdays and Fridays for dinner. Have you changed your menu very much since you've been here? No, sir. If it's working, just keep doing it. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer. Now's the time to start teaching good financial habits to your children, and we're here to help. Hi, I'm Nancy with Heritage South Community Credit Union. Our chipmunk and squirrel saver accounts help your child learn how to save and reward them for regular deposits or good grades. Our team cash accounts help your team learn to manage their money wisely and have options to build their credit. To learn more, visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, insured by the NCUA. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Despite a number of universities across the country ending fan attendance during football games, MTSU is pushing forward with in-stadium seating. 
A very limited amount of single-game tickets for the upcoming September 19th football game versus Troy are on sale on a first-come, first-served basis. To adhere to university social distancing guidelines, as well as stadium capacity regulations, the ticket office staff was tasked with creating an environment within each seating section that would allow fans to attend comfortably. Masks will be required throughout the entire stadium. The only exception is while eating or drinking. Tennessee is launching a campaign to help people who didn't graduate high school. A high school equivalency diploma program from the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development provides accessible adult education. State officials say with several adult education programs closed due to the coronavirus, they want Rutherford County residents to know they can improve their math, literacy, and English language skills without leaving their homes. Every county in the state is offering virtual classes to prepare adults to take the online HiSET exam. Tennessee Emergency Management Agency says they've sent a team to Florida to help authorities with Hurricane Sally rescue efforts. Tina said yesterday the 35-member team had just finished helping with the impact of Hurricane Laura in Louisiana and was remobilized when the Florida Emergency Management Agency requested help. Tina says it expects the team will be deployed to the disaster area for at least two weeks to help with search, rescue, and recovery efforts. Middle Tennessee is well represented. Team members include rescue and recovery crews from Murfreesboro, Franklin, and Brentwood. News on demand 24-7 at our website, WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon with a high in the mid-80s. Northeast winds are on 5 to 15 miles per hour and gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 72. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com.
All right. We are back, ladies. And uh, we have so much uh, to talk about. You guys, by the way, uh, where's Karen Hudson at? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, she's I enjoying have, the... She has never missed one of these. Well, good for her. She's, yeah. she's a great leader. She is enjoying um, the the more tropical parts of our country right now. But a, away from a hurricane. <laughs> so she didn't get she's involved with Sally whatsoever. Uh, not, no, no, yeah. I don't think so. Well, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, Truman, I've got a trivia be question for you. Oh, don't and, ask me a Oh, question. yeah, you'll know the answer. I, 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 I'm bushwhacked all no, the no, time. No, 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 no. You will know the answer, and then I think Andrea can expand on it a little bit. Which of the original 13 states did not send delegates to the convention? Uh, let me think. Was it Rhode Island? Yes, it was. Boy, isn't that smart? You are. You know, I was just like Joe Biden. I had to read it off of what you had, the teleprompter. <laughs> but, Andrea, can you expand on that just a little bit about Rhode Island? Oh, I love Rhode Island. It's such a I, I, my ancestors, Rhode Island ancestors. Um, oh, I put it back. Here. Well, about them being the only state that did not send well, a delegate. Well, but here's the here's the interesting thing. Another detail: Rhode Island did not send delegates, um, and they they almost didn't become a state. Um, nine states were needed to ratify the Constitution. Um, and those that was done on June 21st, 1788. So a year later, nine of the 13 states or 13 colonies. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, let me just say, at great length, Rhode Island finally approved the Constitution with provisional amendments. And on August 31st, 1790, the state's lone representative, Benjamin Bourne, arrived in Philadelphia, fashionably late to the first Congress. And then I found this little... But weren't t- they exempt from voting in the first presidential well, election? Well, that was it. I found this um, in an old document, in Rhode Island document, and it says the electors of Rhode Island. And this is how we elect our presidents. Mm-hmm. We elect the electors who then... Yeah. Depending. It says first presidential election, 1788. Rhode Island, not having adopted the Constitution, did not take part in the election. Then, second election, 1792. Okay, the Federalists elected George Washington of Virginia, president, John Adams of Massachusetts, vice president. And then it lists Rhode Island's electors. There were Arthur Fenner of Providence, George Champlin of Newport, Samuel J. Potter of South Kingstown, and William Green of Warwick. And so I could have been a federalist back then. You would have been a federalist. I would have been. Yeah. 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 And then they elected federalists again. Um, John Adams as president in the mm-hmm. third election, which is 1796. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that my ancestor Oliver Ellsworth of Connecticut was a vice presidential. Um, he was the candidate. So I don't remember him being vice president. He was a chief justice. But I don't remember him as a elector, so maybe they they split that. And um, anyway, so but it was interesting to see how they the importance of the electors and they were named, so you knew who they were, and they were very prominent people in the 
in the state. And I never thought of it that way. That's That was the presidential election. Mm-hmm. And you're electing the electors. So you got to know who the electors were for that political party. Um, so I, I just thought, I learned something when I read that. Because you think, oh, okay, Tennessee, we voted for, you know, this guy or that guy. But you're you're not stating who actually did the voting to elect them. Yeah. So it, it I think that's been lost yeah. in our in our current operations. You yeah. know, we, we don't make a thing of that. So I don't know who the Tennessee electors were in twenty sixteen. I really don't know. We've got somebody in the audience has their hands up that wants to talk. Caller, welcome aboard with the D A R. Chairman? Good morning, yes. Chairman. Good morning. Sir. Hey, I'd like to uh, address that last comment that veteran was talking. Um, Mm -hmm. God bless him. God bless him for his views. I have military in my family as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want to say I am familiar with the uh, preamble of the Constitution that you were saying a lot of people didn't know who um, he was. (laughs) Well, okay, Red Skelton. But I do. I remember growing up, and I remember that very well. Um, I, I would like to say that, you know, Merle Haggard said it best. When you're running down our country house, you're walking on the fighting side of me. That's exactly the way I feel when I see all this hostility towards our country. And these people right. and these young folks should be ashamed of themselves for living in a country such as this and getting all the advantages that a lot of us never had when we were younger. Um, but some of the advantages that we did have, we appreciated and we gave back to our country. Yes. Um, and the parents of these, uh, parents of these kids nowadays, not all, but I sure hope that some of them have the common sense to instill in them not to do the shameful things that they did in these states. And I am a Donald's. Trump supporter, and I'm not ashamed of it because I love my country, and I know he has our uh, best interest at heart. So God bless everybody. God bless the veterans, and God bless you too, Truman. Thank you, hon. I appreciate that. You know, Truman, I think it's very interesting too that, of course, the big division then, the big thing that they settled was states' rights, anti-federalist against a federal, central federal government. And these delegates to the Constitutional Convention, of course, from their individual states, and they all had interests that -hmm. pertained to their state, you know, whether it be agriculture or whatever. But because we were not united, you know, we didn't have an army. Mm -hmm. We couldn't levy taxes, which, you know, I guess that's debatable, but whatever, all those things. But they came together, and even though they all wanted states' rights, and they all had a different agenda as far as their state, they came together and worked together and came up with a constitution that is being mirrored. I mean, there's many, many countries that would love to have our constitution as their government. Of course they would. And, and so, the people would yes, if they, they knew it. They were true statesmen in yeah. every sense of the word. And that's just something we don't seem to see now, you know, yeah. as much of. Um, but that's what Congress is all about, and that's what DAR is all about, yes. is preserving our nation as one nation under God. Doesn't it look like that if there's a lot of people that are uh, elected members of Congress 
they're more interested in their well-being yes. than they are the country's yes. well-being. Yes. And They've gotten they're... so far away from what their, uh, what their representation should be. Well, Benjamin Franklin said that it was the greatest document ever written, and of course it was. It a re- was. It was a republic, and it would be the most wonderful thing ever if we could keep it. He knew that. Yeah. At yes, the time. he was the oldest delegate. Yes. Yeah. He, Roger Sherman was old too, but Franklin was the oldest. He was one. even carried. Yeah. They used four prisoners from oh, a nearby okay. jail to carry him yeah. in yeah. this chair from his home to Constitution right. Hall every day. Isn't that because something? he was not able to walk, but his he was uh, originally from Boston, Boston. and yeah. um, he was born in Boston, Benjamin Franklin. You always think of him as Philadelphia, and I remember I used to work at the Massachusetts State House um, for the Historical Commission. I was down in the archives, and um, I, I on my lunch hour I used to go shop. I'd go to Filene's or I'd go to Jordan Marsh, which were two big department stores there. And one time I was up at, and I remember this, I was on the third floor or whatever of Jordan Marsh. is a big downtown department store. And I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I looked out the window outside, and across the way was a building, and there was a plaque, like at the level of the second floor, said, this is the site where Benjamin Franklin was born. This was his home once upon a time. And it was it was so strange because you could really only see it, you know, from a high level. Mm-hmm. But they had the plaque up there. So, um, you know, he's remembered in Boston, too. But um, I think every state has a Franklin, a Franklin County or city of Franklin. Um, so hopefully they'll yes. keep that when they're busy erasing Columbus. What an intellectual he was. I mean, oh. he, he just the people that were involved in the Constitution, uh, God had to have placed them here. Because oh. oh. there's no other Definitely. way that that could Divine happen. Divine intervention. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it is. But it there is. were a couple of people who were not there that we, I mean, if you were just asked them. I don't know if I knew this growing up or not. Thomas Jefferson was not there because right. he was representing our country as an ambassador in France. Mm-hmm. But it was actually Thomas Jefferson. Um, there was a lot of letter writing like then, you know. We didn't send emails uh, where it was instant information, but there was a lot of letter writing. And It'd be nice if it was still that way. Oh, wouldn't it be? Yeah. But anyway, Thomas Jefferson sent yeah. a letter, um, I think, to Benjamin Franklin, mm-hmm. but that may be wrong. Um, as soon as the Constitution was signed, it, it arrived and said we did not do anything to ensure the individual rights of the people, and he was concerned about that. Mm -hmm. And so the Bill of Rights Act, the first ten amendments, actually came about because Thomas Jefferson, who was not there, Mm -hmm. was in France uh, at his suggestion, and that happened two years later. Yeah. Everyone thought, oh, how did we forget, you know, how did we leave that out? And so that was of prime importance to them to include that as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, it, uh, the thing that I really love about uh, you guys, you ladies, is that uh, you take the responsibility of not only passing it on to others, but you're in a in a constant learning process too. It, it, and one thing that I've always wondered is. We, we had the Constitution, that it, and it was all uh, voted on. But how much have the amendments 
change the original document. Well, the Bill of well, Rights was the first, first set of amendments. Yeah, that was the yeah. First well, I guess that was found necessary. Well, the 19th has changed yeah. it quite a bit. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, a lot of it, people kind of fall under the blanket of it for reasons other than what it was supposed to be. And one of them is the national media. The national media, they, they are protected. And, and the thing about it is, they're not news anymore. All it is is their own particular opinions. And but yet, it's it's it, like I say, it, it's like a brainwashing. The Manchurian Candidate. That's basically yeah. what they are. Do people even know what you're referring to when you say Manchurian Candidate? It was a movie from when the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah, Burt Lancaster. And- it was. It was. Uh, you know how the government Frank, could. Frank Frank Sinatra was, was Frank was Sinatra. In it? Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a very long time. But, um, yeah, Bert, and then uh, I think Kirk Douglas was in it. Um, yeah, but it was about oh, the no, takeover. You're, you're, you're talking. No, no, no. That's no? not the Manchurian Candidate. Oh, that, that's a oh, one Lawrence where Harvey. Bert, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Manchurian Candidate. Kirk Douglas and. Uh, Burt La- Bert Lancaster was wanting to replace the president with right. himself. Right. And uh, it, it, that, uh, a lot of these, the, the, it kind of rings out that we are, our, our country is the strongest country in the world, but we do, we are fragile in a lot of ways because we're not that old. And, and when you open up your country for everybody to have the freedom of, of expressing themselves and things like that, it it is kind of dangerous when you think about it. It is, and I I cannot quote who said this, but I have read it many times. Um, I may disagree with you, Mm -hmm. but I'll fight to my death for your right to say it. Yeah. And it almost has to be that way. I mean, it has to be that way, or who's going to say, who can say what? Uh, One of the things, one of the amendments, I think it was the 12th, the Constitution just called for an election of the president, and there were usually two candidates. Well, whoever came in second was the vice president. Yeah. That's so what that, this Rhode Island thing was when yeah. they showed. You know, yeah, so the yeah. 12th Amendment took care of that and, and you vote for those uh, separately. So I think that's made up. You just think back over our last 200 years if that amendment had not taken place. Here's a trivia mm-hmm. question for the signers of the Constitution. Which which state or which um, colony had only one signer for the Constitution? Hmm. It's a big state. Kind of surprising. Okay. It was New York, and the signer of the Constitution was Alexander Hamilton. And he was Actually, one of the- I saw that in a little made-up movie <laughs> that was on a couple years ago. Now that, now that I think about yeah. it. And uh, our state regent, Cecile Wimberly, has put out a couple of trivia questions, and I haven't read them all, but one of them was, uh, one of the questions was, um, there were two um, signers who were killed in duels afterwards. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Alexander Hamilton Hamilton was one of them. I don't know the other one, so I'm going to have to look that up. Hmm. Yeah. And then I know there were. A well, couple. that wasn't uncommon back then. That's right. And then um, one of the uh, 
or or two of the signers I have read were financiers of the revolution, Robert Morris, and there's another one I can't think of. Robert Morris was from Pennsylvania, and he was a land um, speculator Mm -hmm. after the revolution. He was a banker and helped the revolution finance-wise, but afterwards he got involved in in land uh, transactions, and he lost a bunch of money, and he died penniless. Mm. So here, you know, we think of these people, oh, they're big shots, they're going to run the world. And they, they had problems just like everybody else, and that, yeah. was, that was the end of that. The other one was Gorham, and I think Gorham was from, where's Gorham from? New Hampshire, I believe. Yeah, or no, Massachusetts. He was one of the signers, Rufus King and Nathaniel Gorham. But the individual stories are fascinating. Maybe I get hung up in the weeds wanting to know about those people because that just interests me. They're, you know, just people. And um, I, you know. Well, there has to be something that sparks your interest. I mean, it's just human interest. Mm -hmm. And we're... We all fall for that. Yeah. But, you know, rather than it being a movie star or a football player, when you get into this, you know, you want to see their lives and and what brought them here. Alexander Hamilton was not even born in the United States. Right. Born in the West Indies. And look what a major role he played. Yeah. And he was never president, but look what a major role he played. Yeah, and he got shot by Aaron Burr, Burr. didn't he? Was that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they had a you know, New Jersey, I think, the, who was the first person to sign the Constitution? Hmm. I don't know. I've got this. George Washington. Ah. He was the first. Okay, and he was the presiding yeah. officer. He was. He was yeah, elected so, president okay. immediately right. after they signed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So he was, um, yeah. That, okay. Um, I can sit here and just learn from everybody here. <laughs> Some of these guys, my favorite is, um, and I thought I lived in his congressional district, a man named Elbridge Gary from Massachusetts. And people pronounce, you know, they say gerrymander. Yeah. It should be pronounced Gary because it's his name was G-E-R-R-Y. That was his last name. And here's a picture. I know we can't see this on the radio. Somebody made a f- made fun of him because he was very ambitious and wanted political districts to uh, be concentrated so that he would get elected. And is that an eagle? Or that's a, a monster. It's a dragon. A dragon of his district. And some cartoonist, they were pretty vicious back then. Those political cartoonists made that uh, showing that it was called a gerrymander, like a salamander, a gerrymander. Yeah. So I thought I lived in one of those towns that was part of the the Gary district, but um, I didn't. I, and my town is just to the east. I used to live in Beverly, Massachusetts, and that's not included in this, but Salem is. And so it, um, Gloucester and Beverly and Cape Ann were all up the other way. But I, I love that, that he was a signer from Massachusetts of the Constitution. So. Do you think we three can do the preamble well, I don't for know people who have not Yeah. All right. Well, to say t- this in unison? Uh, yeah, yeah, in uh, unison. Okay. All right. We, we the people of the United States, States in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, 
promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Isn't that great? Yeah, it is. It just stirs it, your heart. Yeah. What is it? A hundred, not even a hundred words, is it? No. Yeah. Um, goodness, I, the whole Constitution is not that many words. You know what uh, Winston Churchill said about our government? He said that it is, it is the greatest uh, uh, thing ever ever written. But he says they do have one weakness. Do y'all know what the weakness is? The people, people the and the power and the, the power. No, no, the people of our country. I meant the power that yeah. comes to people yeah. through that. Yeah, because they come. Good to see you. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? They're in the wrong neighborhood for that sign. <laughs> yeah. The entire Constitution consists of 4,543 words and written on four pages of parchment. Yeah. And do you know where it's kept now? National Archives. National Archives in Washington, D.C. And there has been um, two times that it was actually moved to Fort Knox wow. for uh, safekeeping. Safekeeping yeah. during both World Wars. And there may have been some other times. Somebody says there's yeah. no more gold in Fort Knox. It's gone. <laughs> or it belongs. It's got somebody else's label on well, it. Well, no, it was saved. James Bond saved it. <laughs> Bless his heart. So, when are you guys meeting? What is your normal schedule? Colonel Hardy Murphy chapter meets the second Thursday of the month, except for well, this this year was a little bit of a out, out of order here. But um, we meet either at lunch. Or at dinner, depending on the time of year. Mm-hmm. And we are at Through the Grapevine, which has been gracious oh, and wonderful place. to us. Yes. So yes. we're very happy. People like to come and have a nice meal. And um, we, the Through the Grapevine's uh, capacity is about 50. And we're kind of That's pushing right. that. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of pushing that now. We have a very large chapter. But a large number of people live out of state. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a good thing in terms of our, <laughs> of our public meeting. Um, but we welcome uh, new members and uh, people who are interested in, in learning about DAR. Uh, just let us know and uh, we'll get you to a meeting and see if that if it might be something you would enjoy being part of. How, how are the people, uh, the ones that uh, want to join... There are qualifications that you guys have yeah, there. There has to be a direct link yeah. to someone who served in the Revolutionary War, but they didn't have to serve in the militia. Um, they could have provided goods, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, there are women ancestors. Yeah, patriot and, ancestors. Yeah, yes, they love knowing about that. Uh, yeah, that's that's sparked our interest, my daughter and I, that are in DAR and She's a real researcher, so we she'll find our <laughs> our female patriot before too long. The ladies were a very definite, uh, pretty solid group back then yep. that supported uh, everything that was going on. I, you know, I don't think we've ever given the ladies credit for what they did. 
as far as, I mean, all the way through our history, you think about even in each war, World War One, uh, the Revolutionary War, of course, Civil first, War. Oh, my goodness. In the Civil yeah. War. I mean, it, it was uh, those darn Yankees. I mean, right? it was It was, it was the women who made the men, you know, you're yeah. not going to come home unless you kill a Yankee. <laughs> just... My uh, great-grandmother, I would sit at her feet, and she would tell me stories oh, wow. of what would go on back in, in those days. And yeah. this is a pretty... Uh, heavy area as far as uh, enemy troops that were down here and did so much damage but she would say uh, they the, the the boys would come in their house at night and sleep and then they would be back out on the war front fighting again and yeah. it was can you imagine going through those particular times yeah. i mean i mean the, the history of our country is is, is so varied but it's full of heroes on yeah. no matter which side you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, the people stood up, and, and, and now they want to vilify them. It's just, yeah, it, I know. It, it breaks your heart. I, I read a story recently about a, a woman in Long Island, New York. Um, during the Revolution, she was a Quaker lady. Mm-hmm. And what she did, because Quakers are you know nonviolent, don't yeah. believe in yeah. know, fighting or she did not disturb her Quaker beliefs because she she saw the British troops coming and they were going heading to New York where the Americans were and they were there was a big crowd of the British troops. She found the uh, the colonel who was in charge of this unit. She graciously invited him in to have some tea and refreshments, and uh, then they shared with the uh, her the British troops and they had a lovely time. And he was there about two hours. It's time to go, and the Americans had already escaped, and yeah. um, so the British were kind of messed up in their plans. But, but anyway, but she was so sweet, and you, know, you couldn't say no to the nice lady. <laughs> well, they were ingenious. <laughs> yes, in yeah. I ate it. Yes. We got another phone call. Caller, welcome aboard with the DAR. Uh, good morning, sir. Uh, I was calling in regards to that uh, gentleman they called earlier. Uh, first off, I want to say I'm an African-American man. And some of the comments that he made were very offensive. And it really shows his ignorance about uh, the black experience in our country. And uh, I was disappointed that you didn't push back on some of the things that he said. And uh, uh, I think he needs to uh, put it, walk a mile in our shoes. You know, uh, that comment he made about uh, we ought to be glad that we came over here as slaves or we wouldn't be here. You know, that, that one really got to me. He doesn't know the history of black people, nor does he care. You know, but I, I think as you approach questions like this, in all fairness, you, you should push back on some of the negative comments. Or have somebody else on there that is knowledgeable about some of these subjects instead of putting all that stuff out on the air. Because some of those things you say, and your, your callers say, really inflame some of this stuff that you're complaining about. You know, because you, you don't see... What were, what were some of the things that you uh, uh, found offensive? Oh, he was talking about uh, 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 black people in this country. You know, and I've heard this all my life. You know, what are they all upset about? They never had it so good. You know, and uh, uh, we did them a favor bringing them over here as slaves. Yeah, you know, that's insane, you know. Uh, but uh, not just this call, but I, I listen to you quite regularly. I, in fact, I like your show. It's very inf- informative. But uh, some of the comments, uh, 
that are really out there don't get don't get countered. And they're just left hanging out there in the air, and and it sounds like that your no comment is almost in agreement to some of this. I don't know you personally, yeah, uh, about your views, but man, uh, sometimes yeah. you need an an opposing view to some of the stuff. Some of these old timers that grew up in a privileged society don't 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 understand what we have gone through in this country and what we're still going through. Yeah, I, uh, this particular show here is open for everyone and open to their views. I, I am not here to, uh, uh, as a mo- uh, mostly, I, I do have my own views, and I, sh- I will share them with you, but none of it um, is done in an offensive way to harm one group or the other. That's what's going on in our country right now is that we have people that are trying to um, separate different groups when we're really just one. I mean, this country is a melting pot, and I can remember my uh, uh, history teacher in high school said that's the real strength of America is we have people coming in from all nations, all groups, and they're able to all have offer something to the strength of this country is why it has been the strongest country in 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 america because we do have the freedoms that we do have but the freedom sometimes what we're seeing with the rioting that's going on in this country i remember when khrushchev says we will not ever invade your country because it's an armed camp, but we will attack you from inside. So that's what happens when you're able to um, have one group fighting against another, where it's an ethnic group or whatever. Uh, we're seeing that more and more, and I think that's part of the weakening of the framework of our country. Well, you know, the thing I'm saying, as an African-American man, you're sweeping the, uh, what has happened to us under the rug, and we're still affected by that. I mean, all these other groups that have come to this country, seem like every time they come here, they go to the head of the line, you know, and we still get stuck. And there's no mention of Jim Crow, and then, you uh, you know, Civil War wasn't about slavery, and uh, uh, black folks is last hired, first fired, you know, I mean, uh, uh, it, it's so conversation is so one-sided on your show. It needs to have a different uh, viewpoint or an additional viewpoint other than the viewpoint of you privileged white people. You know, sitting there yearning for the uh, good old days. Yeah, you know, make America great again. When was it great again for uh, black people? You know, uh, what, slavery? Uh, Jim Jim Crow? Let me tell you you something. Um, I don't like the separation of ethnic groups i do not like that and i don't like one um, maybe being mentioned more than any other but if you look back in the history of this country when when the civil war started they were taking uh, irish people off of the boats and, and then they were pretty much um, mandating that they go to war and, and fight for the North. I mean, they had just got here. They didn't have any particular, uh, really opportunity after back the then. potato famine. Yeah, after the potato famine. It, it happened with all ethnic groups at one time or another. 
And Truman, every, have, every every ethnic group that came to this country had a rough time initially. Yes, yes. But yes. But, but they had white skin, and they, and they were able to to rise up out of that. On on our backs, you know, where we were stagnant, stuck where we were. We couldn't get an education. We weren't allowed to eat here. We weren't allowed to go to this school. And uh, you separated our schools and it gave us inferior education and stuff. And you guys act like none of that ever happened. You paint this rosy picture uh, of how things were in the good old days. It probably was pretty good for you guys, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, come on, man. You just need an opposing view in there. And everything wasn't as rosy as you guys painted out to be. It may have been for you. But black people had a long struggle in this country, and uh, and uh, hell, a lot of the cities uh, where black folks were trying to uh, rise up and do things for themselves, uh, you, you know, they got burned down. And we don't hear them talking about that. Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, uh, all these different cities where blacks was was trying to do things for themselves, and, and the white people get mad or or create something and, and go in there and burn down the cities and run the black folks off. Uh, reconstruction, they, they ran that. You know, it's, it, you just need an opposing view other than the view that you're putting out there all the time. Well, I don't think anybody denies that uh, the, the blacks people, the black people, uh, African Americans, uh, I don't think anybody will deny that they were mistreated. Uh, and and uh, when we look back at it, uh, most of us are are pretty disgusted as how it came about. But I don't hear you. Ever, I don't hear you ever saying that. Are you, you oh, yeah. saying about yes, how good you, it was? You yes, know? we have. Yes, we have. But uh, and uh, and the people that I have uh, had on have been on the show. They pretty much will uh, say the same thing I'm saying right now. The 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 real problem that we've got right now is we we can't get the back together as long as we're fighting against each other there's just absolutely no way but but everybody has the same uh uh Be careful opportunities now. you might say everybody has the same opportunities now to be to to succeed i think what's happened is that there that's, have that's been not, certain that's not, that's not necessarily that there, have, there, there have been certain ethnic groups that have been held down by giving away programs and all those type of things when most everybody has opportunities if, if they'll just pick themselves up uh, by the bootstraps and, and go out there and, and try to make something for their families and, and, and for each other. You can't say that the, the opportunities are not equal right now. Hey, the opportunities are better, but there's still a lot of stuff out there that's I know you don't like this word, that's systemic. You know, that's in there. It ain't in your face anymore like it used to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it it, it, it happens, you know. If I, certain communities, you try to go up in there and buy a house up in there, all of a sudden it ain't for sale. You, know, you, you, you try to rent in a certain place. Oh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, just like the guy was talking about the, being pulled over by police. You know, him getting pulled over by police and me getting pulled over by police is a totally different experience. As, well, as I, I, I was in law enforcement for a long time, and I can never remember us mistreating anybody from any particular group. And when we pulled somebody over, it was for a reason. Uh, either they had committed a crime or 
or or whatever that that they needed an opportunity to to maybe uh, maybe they're lost in an uh, in an area. We reached out to people back then, and uh, um, I don't know what your age is, but we we. Uh, I had friends from everybody, and we never mistreated anybody. In fact, I would treat everybody uh, equal when when uh, we were trying to help them or, or maybe make an arrest or whatever. Well, so, the, the difference be- between then and now is a lot of this stuff was being recorded. Back in the day, police could do whatever they want out there, and it was always their word against the person that, 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 that's been abused. There was no film, no video, and who, who's going to be believed, a police officer or the person that, that uh, 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 is making the complaint? And, of course, in our case, it didn't even matter what, you, what you're going to complain for. You know, you ain't going to go down there and nobody's going to listen to you. You know, so, well, you but, know, so a lot of these... I, I, I don't know where you're from originally, but in the... the the small cities, the small communities like we were back then, everybody knew each other. You, you didn't have those type of uh, um, problems with one race against the other or whatever. Uh, when, when, when we had the jail, I knew everybody in jail, and I knew all their families, and that made a difference. If you have some type of relationship, the worst thing this country ever did was getting rid of the draft. Because that is when you were in there well, we did, with each other. I, I agree, you I agree with, with you. Each other. I agree with yeah. you 100%. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I was in the Marines. Yeah. And I enjoyed that right. experience. And, and, you know, I did some history at the Marines. And there was a period, not that long ago, when a black man wasn't even allowed in the Marines. You know, and then the blacks that, that were in the, in the uh, military got all the uh, raggedy, uh, dirtiest jobs you know, didn't trust us to carry a weapon. And then then we'd come back home, and the German prisoners would be treated better than the, the black folks in the community where this came from. This country needs, you know, I love this country, but we need the truth got to be told. It, it ain't all uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland like you guys be putting it out there. You, you know, there's two sides of this point. Well, they, you know, there are a, a lot of sides. When you look at this country in the 200-plus years that, that we've been here, um, there are so many things that change as far as the relationship between people. But I think we, we have been growing toward that where people can get along with each other, don't worry about what skin color they are but, but Ruben, or how, anything uh, how, like how, that. How did these changes come? I wouldn't, uh, as a black man, I wouldn't be enjoying some of the liberties now if it wasn't for Martin Luther King, the civil rights movement. Black, uh, black folks had to fight for their, their freedom, which is ridiculous. Oh, I you agree. Reading the, the Constitution, but, but uh, uh, you know, they didn't treat us as a whole person in the Constitution. You know, like we was property. Well, it was you written know, we, for and, everybody. And Mur- 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 when did Murfreesboro uh, integrate their schools? Now, Murfreesboro for years had uh, uh, black schools and white schools. They did. They did. You know, I mean, you, you know, so what was so rosy about that? And, and then we get your hand-me-down books. And, 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 and you know, and, and, and if you got to the point where you, you started to uh, 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 fight for your rights and you go down there, maybe not Murfreesboro, but all you got to do is, is watch some of these cities where folks go down and try to register to vote and what happened to them. 
Well, there's no doubt there were atrocities back then. I don't think anybody denies that. But talk about it. You act like none of that stuff ever happened. You know, I want to hear both sides of America, not just this rosy picture that you guys keep putting out there. And then you keep saying, America, make America great again. Again, I don't want to go back to 1950, 1940, and I don't want to go back, you know, great again. You know what that says to a black guy? Hey, they, they think it was better back then, and it probably was for them, because they didn't have to deal with us uh, 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 complaining. Yeah. You, you know, uh, black folks uh, assumed their position. We wouldn't look a white man in the eye. You, you, you know, you go on the other side of the street. You better not say anything yeah. to a white woman. You know, crazy stuff like that, Ruben. Um, I keep calling you Ruben. I'm sorry. Truman. But yeah. uh, anyway, God, God bless you, man. I, 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 just had to, I just had to tell you how I feel, man. And I, yeah, and, and, well, and when you were in the Marines, let, let me say this. I, I was in uh, 18th Airborne Corps. And the, the thing about it is when I first went in, there was that there were still some problems. And, and uh, that was in, um, let's see, 1964 is when I went in. And uh, some of my, uh, two of my best friends were African-American. Didn't even think about it one way or the other. And I do remember when I went into basic, it was down in Louisiana. And... Uh, one of the guys that I met down there, uh, he was from Georgia, and he was a black man, and he and I uh, shared the bunk there, and we were uh, best friends during that time, and we were going on uh, furlough there for a while, and we were went downtown in, into Louisiana, and I asked him to come with us, and he says, no, I can't do it, and I said, why can't you? And he told me what you were saying about uh, the way things were going during that mm-hmm. particular time. And I tried to get him to come with me, but he would not do it. But uh, the, the friendship was still there. He just felt like that um, he would not be welcome. Oh, well, there, there's instances. I, I remember of, a lot of, of those of, things. But, but it didn't, it didn't uh, take away from the friendship that we had down there. And we, 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 we looked out uh, after each other. Well, you you know, I had soldiers that that I was very friendly with, and uh, yeah. and then when the, when the, their families would come to ceremonies, because they knew their family was a bunch of rednecks and whatnot, all of a sudden, nice. you know, he he had to assume the position of his family, and he, yeah, you know, and he, yeah. he he chilled with that buddy buddy stuff, you know. Yeah, you know. But, so there's, but, there's, but, and, uh, you have to admit, the more that you're familiar with people. No matter what ethnic group they're from, the better relationship you have because you understand them better. Well, well the problem is, is we, uh, we as blacks, we're very familiar with white people. I mean, we ain't had no choice. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're familiar with, hey, you go down there and, and, and apply for a, a certain job that, uh, you know, you're probably uh, going to be the last one hired. And when they lay off, you're going to be the last one, your first one laid off. You know, if, if you want to go into a trade, uh, you try to break into trade union, you want to, uh, 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 you know, learn a trade or something, trade unions had you blocked out, you know, it, I mean, I could go on and on. But all I'm saying to you is tell both sides of the story. Yeah. That's I all. think we try to do that. In fact, you're welcome to come on my show whenever you want to. 
Yeah, man. I I I think you need to get somebody that's more educated than me because uh, there, there's there's oh, a lot of stuff. Oh, you're doing well. You're doing well. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for letting me smile off. Man. I appreciate it. All righty. Thank you. Truman, can I give one more plug for Saturday, for our event for Saturday? You may, 2 o'clock on the square. On the square. Um, pl- bring a chair. If you come, there will there will be limited seating. We'll bring what sit, we can. You can sit on the ground? You can sit on the ground if you want to. <laughs> I never get up. I have somebody to help. <laughs> that happened to me the other day. <laughs> uh, but if you, you know, we would love to have... A big crowd. Okay. Now, what exactly are you going to be doing? Okay. We're going to be uh, talking about the Constitution, explaining it. Yeah. We're not reading the Constitution. Yeah. Giving some of the history behind mm-hmm. and the important facts, uh, how the Constitution has been amended, and then celebrating those that mm-hmm. have taken care of some of the problems that were in the original Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing a little singing and uh, reading the preamble in unison. And a um, couple of surprises on the way. Can't tell everything. You going to give away uh, a car or something? Uh, maybe a miniature car. <laughs> <laughs> well, the we are going ones. to give away flags and a copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. We are giving that away. I everyone. wonder how many people have a copy of the, of the Constitution. I don't know. In our home, it's... It's on the kitchen table between the salt and pepper shaker. <laughs> it stays there in case we want to refer to it. <laughs> I used to leave a little basket of po- so-called pocket constitutions that were folded up pieces of paper about the size of a postage stamp but folded. And they um, uh, at, the, uh, at the sheriff's office, the um, uh, Pat, who was the... Uh, uh, the entry desk there for many years she would um, keep an eye on the little basket on the stand and then refill it each day with with new uh, pocket constitutions that leave for during constitution week so um, we have a little display right now at the sheriff's um, in the lobby of the adult detention center and um, we put that up and um, uh, I always think of the woman I met there uh, years ago when I was regent doing the Constitution Week display and there was an inmate and she was cleaning and um, we, we got her to put on a We the People t-shirt. Alright guys, uh, I apologize. Um, we, we've got to go. We're, we're way over on the uh, show today. I appreciate you joining us here for the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Have a good day everybody. Yeah.